0: Three, two, one. Anthony Darby here with episode two of season two podcast. We have a special guest host today and Donnie Jackson filling in for Chuck Hen, and an even more special guest, Cam Taylor back from Shore Natural. Thank you so much for joining us, Cam. Thanks for having me back, guys. I really appreciate this. So when you guys see Cam, you can pretty much um, assume that the conversation is gonna be around genetics, uh, cultivation, you've kind of been our resident expert uh, moving forward in uh, in some of these topics and I'm really happy and excited to have you back on. Uh, I know some of the questions and some of the excitement we got from your first podcast was really cool. And um, it's not often that people are so passionate about um making medicine and very many of those people don't have the opportunities to actually do what you do so i think from a passion standpoint um people find it really um compelling to hear your story so
1: sure sure i appreciate and just that. Um,
0: so just remind everybody as always how you got into the industry i mean um it was from day one which were natural right
1: yeah yeah so i mean of course like everyone knows that i'd kind of gotten into it prior just playing around like most people did a couple plants here and there and then Started kind of taking it seriously in around like 2013, 2014, and actually decided to take a trip to the West Coast to look for some jobs in the cultivation realm. And sure enough, it didn't really work out, and I came back home with just some seeds and you know some hopes and dreams. And actually, the medical program in Maryland had started up there in 2015, so or at least licenses were being announced anyway. So I just done my whole thing of reaching out to everybody I could. I think I reached out to Mary Pat and reached out to basically everyone who could and eventually got some feedback from some guys that their daughter actually got a job at the surf shop I managed and they were like, hey, our daughter actually mentioned you were interested in, in cultivation. I was like, oh, of all opportunities, like this is the one that worked out. And sure enough, it was the grow down the street. It's like seven minutes from the house. And from there, I got the opportunity with two head growers that had flown in from New Mexico that just were like, hey man, like you already know what you're doing and we like what your idea is for the future. like." do you want to go under our wing? Like, let's be your mentor. And sure enough, those guys had to go home after about a year of being with the facility and go back to doing their life. And I got to be the guy with genetics and vegetation, and I get to kind of do my thing now, and here we are.
0: Yeah, so... um what I know about this, and I just want to make apparent, is that you were volunteer at first, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, so when someone listens, goes, "Oh, wow, well, he just got to go there," and all of a sudden he got promoted <laughs> to head coach. No, this dude was just showing up, volunteering to make soil. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, no pay, just love, hustle, showed his 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 worth and value and and uh, work ethic, and competency, and kind of inched his way in. And like oftentimes, we find an in industry. It's someone who's just like, what they say, luck is where operation means preparation, or opportunity means preparation. Sure. And, you know, you had already prepared yourself that you were given this opportunity that you can go in and take it. And through really like you I know the inside things that happened there you couldn't have said 2 years ago well I think this will happen in in about a year I'll have a chance to be running the show here sure sure but some things went down and next thing you know opportunities there and, and you're able to step up so um I just certain people look at I got a Facebook message. So we posted, here's, Brandon, here's how we're going to incorporate this in the podcast. So we had posted a job description for a content writer. Not even a dispensary agent job. We just need someone that can really help us with, um, like, the blog posts that we do and just really writing copy. (laughs) This guy responds back, let me know when you're looking for a head grower. He's (laughs) like, some (laughs) do in Crisfield, Maryland, with a mustache. He's like, leaned back in his Facebook picture. But like, I'm hiring a content writer. I'm a dispensary, so clearly I don't have any needs for a head grower. But like, this is the kind of gentleman that feels entitled enough or like, that he should be a head grower. Here you are like, understanding the microbiology of soil and studying and really like, preparing yourself, and that's how you get the job. So it's not just about faking it or or being entitled to think that, well, I did this, so I I should be the head grower. I should be the the CFO of the company. Like, if you're that passionate about it, go in, find an opening, and demonstrate your capabilities. And likely because the industry moves so fast, you know, things open up. Um, Cody, our GM, is a great example. We hired him as a cashier, came in, really overproduced, now he's a general manager dispensary. How do you get to be a general manager dispensary? Well, you get hired as a $15 an hour cashier and just blow everyone away with, you know, what you're able to do. And, and that's the
1: one thing. Like, this is one of the few industries where it, it's like if you're really passionate, you really do shine, you know? Like, you really are just like somebody in the room where they're like, oh, well, that guy kind of gets it, you There's know? a lot of
0: pretenders. <laughs> oh, for sure. And there's oh, a there's lot way of like, more. <laughs> people that are in it for, like, all the wrong reasons or they think oh, that, yeah. like, you know they see doll it's so weird that the reality versus like the reality is that there's that there's not a lot of dollars and cents and that this is a an emerging market and that a lot of the dollars and cents are being put in reinvestment. But like from outsiders looking in they think we just like print money and like Yeah, yep. Yeah. And like it's couldn't be a far from the truth narrative, especially for a medical program like sure. ours. Like so I just, it's, you know, I feel sometimes when I, when I see the guy from Chrisfield, I go, oh, well, you're looking for a head grower, let me know. Like, that, it's, like, so insulting to somebody like you. <laughs> like It's funny you say that, because I have,
1: like, a bunch of people that I had <laughs> known prior that had grown. And it's like, these guys grow, like, quality cannabis and things like that. And they hit me up, and they're like, hey, man, like, I really want to work for your company. Like, you got any job opportunities? Like, oh, yeah, man, like, let me talk to somebody, see what I can do. And they're like, but what's the name of your company again? You're like, dude, what the heck? Like, you're not even going to do the research of the name of the company, and you expect me to think you're going to be, like, dedicated to this craft that I've been, like, super dedicated to for a good portion of my life, you know?
0: Especially you guys. So, like, if for some reason you're, you know, you're not Meryl and you listen to this and you're not familiar with Short Natural, that's absolutely not who Cam represents. Um, They are by choice the craft uh cultivar in maryland they are the smallest boutique style cultivar um the only soil based
1: one of the only i'd say but yeah the only organic soil based for sure i've toured
0: the facilities and i haven't seen anybody else staying in soil some start in soil but it seems like fairly quickly they're moving to God. the the cocoa and the hydro
1: yeah i I do know colta just did that outdoor outdoor no till and i'm sure that's gonna be incredible
0: flower you know so, if we're going to get into the, my hopes is we get kind of in the wonkiness of, of flower and cultivation. Let's start with the highest level, indoor versus outdoor. In your opinion, what are the biggest differences? And then, like, as a patient and, like, as as Donnie's directing patients, like, what should we be talking about? Like, what are the talking points around that? So, really,
1: if you're going to look at the two, I mean, they're very different growth styles, of course. and. You got very different crops. You have to do crop selection outdoors on a way different level than you would do indoors. Because indoors, it's the perfect environment—sunny five to eighty every day. You know, so it's it's gorgeous. Um, when it comes to so quality, you're starting
0: off with like the more like rigorous plants, more hardy. Yeah. And yep, yep. does that tend to put you more towards like? Indica sativa.
1: That can vary. In our area, it puts us more towards sativa, just because we deal with such a crazy humidity time. You know, the end of the season, it goes right from like sixty percent to about ninety percent humidity, foggy days, and we start
0: getting and heavy Is that storms. because the structure of the plant, the sativas, because they're not as bushy, they they do better with the exactly. humidity, yep. and and uh, yep. because they're being more bushy plants, so they're going to retain that moisture and be more likely to get mold and. The, like that? Well, the sativa is more thin and tall and arid, so it can just air itself
1: out a little bit better. Those indicas are a little more short, stout, bushy plants. So they hold that moisture a little longer. You get some mildew, mold issues, things like that. Okay. Uh, what are some other characteristics or... I, it, it comes to like a quality battle when it comes to you know markets and things like that. You know, really like outdoor cannabis, you, you can't beat that. You know, full spectrum
0: sun grown. It's just it tastes better. It's, it's- do you see higher turf profiles? Like, do you do you see any of like the do the tests indicate it, or is it really just more of like the anecdotal stories and like consumers will tell you outdoors got. It's, it's definitely it's also based on your media too you
1: know if you're doing two soil grows indoor to outdoor you'll definitely see way more of a spectrum for cannabinoids and terpene levels for outdoor it's you know the Sun indoor we're just trying to replicate the Sun with
0: light spectrums and we'll never be able to do that sure um, is there any thing to like the color like I remember typically like when I was buying on the streets if I saw it to be like dark, I would assume that it would be like outdoor-y. I may have gotten it from... Sure, you know, and that's more origin-based.
1: Like your darker bud usually your indica stuff, and then your lighter stuff's a little more sativa. It has nothing to do
0: with indoor or outdoor.
1: It, generally, not so much. More, it could actually be a temperature change, though. Like something like cookies or some of those like blueberry strains, like they can actually turn purple due to like temperature change.
2: And that's closer to the end of this cycle, right? Exactly, but yep, yep. Okay. So that
1: last two or three weeks, you can lower the temperatures to like 60 degrees or so. And what that does is it makes the chlorophyll kind of seize up and you get these beautiful purple tones and red okay. tones. And so outdoor, you so can't always to see control that. We're that. See, like, you know? um,
0: when I toward one of the facilities, they were really playing around with the finishing temperatures yep, yep. and how much all that makes a difference. It's, it's crazy. It's also crazy to me when you start to get an appreciation for how the environmental characteristics have such an implant m- impact on the flower and then you go to these like huge huge facilities and know that if the HVAC is off by 2 degrees here mm-hmm. over than here then like this bud same genetics same everything looks different than this one yeah. and possibly this one died and this one is thriving like yeah, it's yeah. crazy and even between that you know i'd kind of talked before this with you guys about you know certain
1: cultivars are just completely different genetic you know like bases like we're talking about like fatty acids and things within the plants like there's ester and ethyl alcohols involved so these are plants that are going to you know result in different things with temperature light spectrums you know medias in general and that also comes down to the breeding as well If someone bred in indoor conditions with cocoa medias and they had an hps light it's probably going to grow best if you keep it in cocoa under that same light But if you take it outside, it's probably not going to do all that well because it might not be good for the sun spectrum, you know?
2: Those are are things that I'm not sure many patients in Maryland think about, all the love and care that goes into these products when they pick them off a shelf. If I can sound like a jerk again, it's definitely the patients that say, well,
0: I wish I could grow my own that aren't thinking about these things. I mean, that's the appreciation that I have. And, And we all know home cultivars that have done, like, great jobs under those circumstances that they're given. I mean, they're out there, you guys exist, and I, I, have, if you're my friend and you are one of them and you're listening, good for you. <laughs> but when you see these incredibly sophisticated systems in place and the attention to data collection and detail and um, processes and procedures around how these plants are starting and, and then what's happening in these R&D rooms, it's just it's so much more sophisticated than any one person is able to do it at their home that i i don't believe that you guys are you know they were actually going to testing and we were having them there's it's not the same but sometimes there is something that is lost and you you brought it up was just the commercialization of some of these things so we see that from some of the cultivars out there that they're built for quantity not quality sure, I and some of those little subtleties that are so we appreciate so much from Shore Natural, they're lost, right? Sure. So, terps are seen to be the first and foremost, right? Super important. Like right, you right. show me somebody that's trying to bang flour out very quickly and not paying attention, I'll probably show you a terp profile under one yep. percent. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and even just. The way that it's cured, the you know the drying process or curing process, depending on you know what they're exactly they're doing, um, you can really tell the guys that are. It's not to use a reference, but it's it's like Budweiser versus like the craft beers. Like you can tell the commercialized products that are just built to, just to get out mass there, produced. mass produced. <laughs> yep. it, it is what it is, and and they serve a medical purpose, and for a lot of our patients, it's a great option. But for the folks that are. Connoisseurs kind of in this medical program, they can really appreciate the difference. I mean, even trimming. You know, we have a there's a grower right now in Maryland, and I appreciate the fact that there, there's a flower shortage, as you may have heard of. Yeah, I know. You may have heard that. of that because I've hit you up like ten times in the last week asking <laughs> for more flower. Um, <laughs> I mean, when I'm when I'm calling, I'm calling. Eric, I'm calling all the boys, I'm yeah, doing every, all the stops. I don't think that there's a owner of a cultivation that hasn't heard from me in the last three weeks. Um, and we basically asked this, this certain um, cultivation partner of ours to stop just machine trimming with no quality assurance. Yeah, setting it out, like, right? I, it, the flower is, is good flower but it's so unappealing looking yeah. and it's not what our patients are looking for. And we haven't seen a big change in it. And I think it's because if there's a shortage and they're just trying to pump out as much as they can. And like, it's funny because when you came here last time, we we had like 70 strains on the board. Sure. We had too many. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't, it it was, there was a redundancy issue. There was, we got to be careful because we're getting too many strains that have similar turf profiles and we're not, we're only selling the new stuff and the old stuff isn't moving. Now I can't keep flour in my store for more than two days. Wow. Like literally the stuff that you give me will be gone in 48 hours. And on my Monday mornings, our, our board looks like just, it's bad. There's three CBD strains and maybe like, you know, three or four THC strains. And we build up through the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's constantly coming in. It's constantly being put out on the shelves. But the number of patients that we have come through our door. We're serving 300 patients a day now. Yeah,
0: it's hard to keep up, right? It's hard to keep up. Um, But my point that I was trying to get at with that is that we see these guys just like pushing it out. and So I have an appreciation of the fact that they're trying to meet the market's need. But at the same time, I have a greater appreciation for the quality and stuff that you guys put out there, knowing that, like, it's the best medicine in the country. Like, that's what I I rest my, my hat on when I go to bed at night is the fact that I know... That when it comes to cannabinoid based medicine, the offerings at my dispensary are as good as anywhere you'll find in the country. And I dare you to come and prove me wrong. I mean, we have GTI rhythm products with cannabis drive terpenes added back in the way they're supposed to be. Curios cranking out great products. We have tablets, patches, chewables. flour like yours I mean, yeah. the full spectrum of, of what we're seeing. we have cbd flour now I mean, we've really gotten good good products in place and i'm um, just so happy with the products that maryland has but i hope that we can get through this flour shortage sooner than later um
1: and that's what we were talking about with like outdoor and indoor though the best part about outdoors you can always assume that between this time and christmas you're going to just see all this wonderful outdoor stuff come out you know anybody that's grown outdoor anywhere in maryland's going to be putting stuff out now you know
0: I mean, you said you guys have some stuff coming yeah, out, right? We just,
1: yeah, everything's chopped down now, actually. So you guys should see some good stuff coming out.
0: That's awesome. Are you able to reveal anything that we might see?
1: Uh, I'd say the one that I'll just spill. It's, like, my favorite batch of goji I think we've ever done. It's there just go. gorgeous, you know, That's big awesome. OG nugs. It's that balance. Like, you know, you guys had seen the one from Curio. They have, like, a lemony, limine, like, limonene cut. And, like, mm-hmm. ours is actually, like, a strawberry, very nice, like, carioffaline
2: cut. Ooh. So, uh, so is yours? Is it going to be goji oji or is it goji viper? Yeah, it's go. We have goji oji goji and oji, okay. goji viper. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the goji viper was our take on just trying to get the grape in there, and uh, the just standard goji oji was just something I had come across after we had the goji viper. Nice. So this was that was a super funny story. And basically, long story short, when I'd come back from the West Coast and I'd met Chip and Tim, the guys had got the you know Shore Natural started. I was raving about the goji oji. I was like, Chip, I had ran into this goji in L.A. I'd ran into it in Portland. Best smoke both times. And he's like, Dude, I might have heard of it. When he was leaving, he's like, Hey man, here's a little special pack of something for you, too. And sure enough, it was the goji oji. Like, it's it's the most treasured genetic I have just because of that. You That's know? awesome. Yes, yeah, like. Something that, like, someone, it's the gift that keeps on giving, you know? That's amazing.
0: And that's what's being used now? Yeah, and
1: that's what's being used now. So you guys can get the strawberry yeah That's goosia, so cool. You know, gorgeous outdoor batch. And that's, that's the the greenhouse team there. It's three guys that just cranked all that out, and it's just the best batch I've seen.
0: So I got to tour the greenhouse because if I'm not mistaken, the very first flower brought to market from Shore Natural was out of that greenhouse. Right? It was,
1: yeah, it was the R and D and the outdoor. <laughs> and
0: that would be the Malawi twins. Oh, Remember the Malawi twins? Yeah, it was right. golden Malawi, purple Malawi. The old,
1: um, yep, The old CD Malawi, right?
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> wow,
0: wow, man! I Oh, I remember those phone calls. Uh, oh, me hey, too. I
2: found three seeds in my eighth. Uh, can I get credit for these? <laughs> can I get a free quarter? <laughs> yeah. My favorite messages were the guys were like, "Hey, so
1: what should I expect out of this phenotype of the Malawi? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
2: oh, hopefully
0: something purple. Like, a killer man. We yeah. had yeah. a few of them, and then Golden Tiger. Yeah, and yeah. then like, mm-hmm. um, like New Mexico Tim was like. Uh, so, like, for me, he was one of the first people I met in the industry. And he's very West Coast. Yep. Is yep. that a fair way to describe West him? West Coast to him, absolutely. And um, I remember him telling me about the genetics. He was so excited about the Malawis. He was like, got Golden Tiger coming out, man. It's like... The, if, it's like Kobe Bryant's grandfather. If Kobe Bryant was Purple Malawi, then the Golden Tiger's like his <laughs> grandfather. know <laughs> so what I mean. Like, well, that Purple Malawi was fiery his butt out. <laughs> I can't imagine what this Golden Tiger's going to be like. Definitely some Kobe. Like, yeah, I mean, man. that. Mo- <laughs> and and the other thing, speaking of flower shortages, so Malawi was probably, uh, besides Curio, that was the first other strains that we got in. And at one point, was like, you know, one of three strains we have. And someone comes in and they're like, uh I'm looking to get like a quarter I have like razi- raging anxiety. Purple oh, <laughs> <laughs> alley, I'm like yeah. what?
2: We have nothing,
0: <laughs> sir. <laughs> Great streets. Great
2: streets. <laughs> Check
0: out this <laughs> Check out these tablets. Yeah, yeah, I don't know uh I don't know what your street dealer's got, but it's probably less racing this year, Purple Lally, <laughs> so. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: like that's actually you know, we see sativa and indica on the
0: board and you, you do
1: hear the people that are like, Yeah, well there's no real sativa and there's no real indica that that's real sativa like that's a land race cross haze you know what i mean like
0: that yeah, and, and the and the turf profile proved it so if you didn't think so i mean it was pretty high in pining and um limonene right yeah
1: mm-hmm. I, i'd gotten like uh i think there was like a high spice rate to so probably like off yeah, or Bay like Tarot, something man. like that yep. yeah yeah peppery yeah it, yep. man but that was straight up right like it was, it was just fire yeah I yeah mean, it was like, it like a, right
0: to the head which was great because we, we were crazy. Like I remember, like that was what I, exactly what I was looking for at the time. I was mm-hmm. all over that stuff, and and just to show you how far the program came, I remember buying the shake myself. Yeah, because yeah. we still had to pay for one hundred. We were we didn't even give ourselves a discount at that point. Sure. And uh, but I was like giving myself shake discounts of the purple Malawi. It was like oh, I can get my hands on. Mm. That was uh, those were fun times, man. Yeah, come a long way from there. So. You guys came out with, with three strains, with Purple Malawi, gold Malawi, Golden Tiger, right? Yeah. Hollyweed, okay. is that early? Yeah,
1: Hollyweed and then uh, the the Ghost OG too, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's still a good one. So that was a funny one too. So that one got lost in the pipeworks basically. And I went out to the Emerald Cup to get a bunch of genetics and I had re-picked up that exact like Ghost OG cross basically. So I brought that back to shore, re-hunted it out. So we do have that one. We haven't ran it all the way yet, just because we're making sure that it's exactly Hollywood? the same. Hollywood, yeah, we actually. Uh, that's one that may have been outdoors this year too. Uh, does that's really what, well on the west, what, on the east coast.
0: That was one of the most relaxing indicas uh, for me. Like and, I don't know why, but like it really, really chilled me out. That's that Hollywood pure Kush side of it. You know, mm-hmm. we we kept both
1: phenotypes of it. The the G thirteen hash plant side, which is just really hashy, really potent can actually make it a little racy, but then the other side of it's the, the Kush side, and it's, oh, it's just super
0: relaxing. It's very tasty, very earthy. So, like, what does that mean for people that don't understand what that means? So, I, I'm familiar with G13 and Kush, but you're relating to what they are across with, correct? Yep, yep. And what— like blue dreams not blue dream like all the time you really got to sure. look at like what's making up this blue dream or what the genetics of it are and the same name for a plant so when i say hollyweed it could mean two really like cams describing two completely separate things, depending on the actual genetics of that particular Hollywood strain. And if it's crossed with G thirteen, which is more uppity, uh, I would say certainly sure, than yeah. Hollywood Kush. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Hollywood Kush is what you would think of of smoking a blunt and sitting on a couch and not you're, doing. You're not doing anything. much, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one wrote a term paper. Well, sir, someone would return term paper after Hollywood Kush, but. There's probably some Adderall involved in that paper as well. Um, So
1: that's, I mean, that's. So basically, that, yeah, that's just like your phenotypical expression. So, like, Hollyweed would be the genotype of the plant. Then you get your phenotypical expression. The best way, it's like puppies, you know? Like, you have a mom and a dad. All those puppies say you have six litter. You know, three of them might look like mom, two of them might look like dad, and then you might have one outlier that just kind of looks like a
0: random puppy. You that's know? a great, that's a really good analogy. Especially mm-hmm. if you think about like a black lab and a yellow lab, right? Yep, like, exactly. Yeah, you have a couple of black labs, couple yellow labs, and then you get a chocolate you lab somewhere too, which you're not expecting, and, and, and that, that happens sometimes too, right? Exactly. Because some of the recessive genetics and something that you weren't expecting to be pronounced become could become way more pronounced. Yeah, and that's that's probably how a lot of this happened, right? Yep, that and, too, like, the larger sifts. so, like, you know, most people buy a pack of seeds,
1: it's, like, 10 packs of seeds, like, you're going to have a better chance of finding something crazy if you have 100 packs, you know what I mean, like, people are putting down, like, 100 seed sifts. like, easy, like, Humboldt Seed Company, they just did a 10,000 SIF seed, Mm. so it's, like, they're going through and finding what they call unicorns, you know, they had found melons, they had found vanilla frosting, they had found all these things that... We didn't know existed, but you couldn't find that if you didn't put down 10,000 seeds, you know? If you put down 10, you're never gonna are find it Are there those. a lot of companies doing that now? There, there are, not a lot like that large. I, I'd heard about a million one going over in Columbia, a guy named Breeder Steve. Um, I don't know how far he's gotten. Breeder Steve. Yeah, Breeder <laughs> Steve, right. <laughs> Proper name. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, other than that, I know Humboldt's probably the only guys in like North America that are really like crushing it with that.
0: If you had to put on like your, uh, your Miss Cleo Predict the future hat. Like, where do you see genetics in like five years and ten years? Oh man, it's it's gonna be
1: a weird weird day, honestly. So uh we've already actually seen the first GMO cannabis plant just was produced about about a month ago or so. Um, it's gonna have THC all the way up and down the, the stalk and stem. You're gonna be able to smoke the fan leaves. you're It's gonna be done in like 50 days, like an autoflower. It's not gonna be bigger than your waist, and you're gonna be able to you know monocrop this out in your cornfield and. Let it go. There's no. There's not gonna be mold. There's not gonna be bugs. That's the future of cannabis plants. Um, on a you know economically large scale for these you know big guys. But
0: Monsanto comes
1: in and everyone yeah. uh, buys the
0: Monsanto seed. Yep. And then they make it so that they they use a special fertilizer. And if you don't use a fertilizer, then like yeah, I know that, that this makes works. me really uncomfortable for some reason. It
1: it, it <laughs> kind of sh- should in a way you know, and that's the big thing about me. Like should we I, feel uncomfortable? more so with like genetics like you if you're someone who's like hey like i i really like blue dream you're like that's the one i like like then you need to go ahead and get those seeds right now because there is a chance you're not going to be able to get that in the next five years and if you do it might not be the same blue dream you have right now how well do seeds preserve? Like, can you save seeds for... There's guys popping 20- and 30-year-old seeds. You can just, yep, just keep them in the fridge, yeah. vacuum sealed, no oxygen. Wow. Yep, yep. I've got a big old tote that my wife's just like, can we please empty the fridge out? We're about to get a garage fridge,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do something here. I love but- it. Um, It's funny because Mary Pat and I always talk about, like, preppers. And sure. like our prepping is really just like run the dispensary like the weed everything preppers, else will right. figure out. Right <laughs> there. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, get your seeds now. You know, if you're even considering growing a plant when it goes legal, you know, just go ahead and think about like, yeah, I like the idea of cherry pie. So, look for that now, you know, more so now than later, anyway.
0: That's really, it's, I'm with like you, Donnie. Like that. That's not something that I'm like, oh, that sounds great that Monsanto's getting in the Wii game. But
1: that's but that's, when, <laughs>
0: but that's when you find market
1: demand change. It's like we were talking about earlier. Like Those guys are going to be making that market demand where they're going to have the $20 each that the patients are going to need. They can't afford it, you know, or they're going to have the insurance Especially feed. processing
0: and things like that, yeah, right? Yeah, right?
1: yeah, like especially processing. So
0: would you assume that in the beginning, knowing the market, that most of that stuff just goes right to processing in the beginning? Because I'm I'm, I'm picturing like... It's gonna to be tough to convince a patient to want to smoke a stem.
2: Slide it up. But
0: it's not gonna be hard at all to com- to tell a, pr- a processor you have 100 percent plant matter that you get to work with now, not just. But that you know that also gets to be a weird point where we think about
1: like think about the distillate market like that's like a 48 percent market in California is the cartridge market. People are just smoking pens. 48 percent of people, and that's a huge market. Mm-hmm. We're having this whole scare where we're having additives and things like that. It's like, you know, that at least 40% of those Californians are just not Shit. questioning what they're smoking. They don't care what's in that cartridge. So there's going to be a ton of people that are going to be like, oh, yeah, it's just weed. It was 20 bucks. I don't care. You know, but then you are going to have your crack. I heard it. I mean, I we heard like,
0: the, the cartridge thing. I mean, dude's called me up. Man, your cartridge is $80. I can get a gram for 20. I'm like, yeah, what's in that thing? Yeah, get your popcorn longer. or yeah, whatever, exactly. you know. Like, Do you, uh, you have any thoughts on the vaping issue?
1: Um, it's, you know, it's more like it's just like an additive issue, you know, to always be mindful where you're getting your things, like if you're getting lab tested things from your state, you should trust that 100% because they shouldn't be letting you down if it's tested. If they let you down, then we have an issue. It seems like it's these guys that were just like black market getting pens in, that were pre-printed labels that so you're like, all right, this has got to be apple gelato because mm-hmm. the box said that. And those are the guys you should definitely be worried about, you know. I think uh, for me, it's a, it was a
0: hardware, I think there was a hardware issue sure the, the, cheap the stuff Madeline coming from stuff. China it's got got lead in it, it can't be good yep and then of course um the additives the idea that the kid who couldn't pass 7th grade chemistry has got all the solvent out of your cartridge <laughs> is not something that I'm yeah. going to fully agree mm-hmm. with yeah. and um and me, per- like me personally, I'm sticking to cannabis-dried terpenes. I think botanical-dried terpenes are certainly safe. They've, from what we've seen, they've been proven to be safe. I think the flavorings and stuff should certainly be avoided at all costs, especially with cannabis that has natural flavorings as it is. Yeah. Um, but for me, I just I feel safest using cannabis-dried terpene products because there's a longer history of smoking cannabinoid-based little low than there is little low from lavender. For sure. yep.
2: A longer history of smoking. Um, so why why do we feel like there all product that reaches our shelves is not hundred percent cannabis? Like what's the what's the reasoning behind and, and still in these botanical terpenes in the products? Cost. Yeah, So it's a price. cost thing. So
0: cu curio and this is where you can correct me if I'm wrong, please. but the way that I've understood it, like folks like Curio and GTI, they have such the volume that they're able to capture enough terps from the, from cannabis throughout their processes that they're able the only difference between GTI's pen and somebody else is that GTI is taking cannabis Mm -hmm. cannabis drive terps to thin it out, Mm -hmm. where somebody else is taking like lintolol from lavender. It's much cheaper to extract lintolol from lavender than it is cannabis. Mm -hmm. So what you find is like TrueTerpenes.com places like that yeah. that basically specialize in these cheaper much 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 cheaper and much more easily accessible terpenes your food grade terpenes, food grade yeah. terpenes yeah. Yeah. than cannabinoid
2: these terpenes. are things you could buy right off the internet right yeah. oh absolutely Amazon you and know. this is like this yeah. is how it's
0: presented to me sometimes so I had a processor reach out to me and say do you want um, a pH specific vape pad and I was like yeah, I do. <laughs> what strain? And he goes, go to terpies and pick. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. there's <laughs> too much to choose from. Thanks. Never, though, right. yeah, never mind. Like, <laughs> yep. and that, that, that's exactly the comment. Like, I was just so defeated. Oh, I was man. like, like, oh, mm-hmm, what's my right. own like personal strain? Like, oh. and then <laughs> it was just like, you know, and I was just like, that to me, like, I'm not putting my name on that. And and part of it's a luxury, like. Maybe if I never had cannabis drive turp pens, I wouldn't even be able to speak this, yeah, to this right. grade, It'd right? Be hard but now to that compare. I've had it, I do. I mean, we have Manny on here. He describes their pens as liquid flour. And I would argue that it's the closest thing to flour taste wise mm-hmm. that I can get. I agree. And um, I won't, like, my. I had someone offer me, I don't even call him out, but I had someone offer me a, a pen that was clearly from the black market. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I don't do like, that anyway, good right like, which it felt weird but like I just the additives that are in there the way those things are being made they're just it's completely night and day from our program and I just I just I don't feel comfortable with those products and then the other the last piece I'll say about the vaping thing is I think you need to look at like the usage sure like um when we're talking about these nicotine vape pens and the dudes have like the fucking car battery tied up to their mod rig and they're mm-hmm. blowing out like <laughs> the necklace looks like a smoke <laughs> yeah. machine um that can't be healthy for you. No, like, oh it's dude. cotton candy. I'm like, no, it's, that's even worse. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell is I see cotton candy, it's not liquid <laughs> in your vapor. Well, pens. think
1: about this too. This is kind of trippy. Like, so imagine you're like allergic to like a lemon balm or something like that. What if they're putting that same sort of like limonene produce turf in your bin and you're inhaling yeah. that you're combusting it and inhaling it, then what happens? Like mm-hmm. you're gonna get a lung infection. You know what
0: I mean? Like we, we don't know. The how vitamin this E is acetate be. thing? So like vitamin E I've, this was interesting to me. There was actually a company in California that has a patent for adding vitamin E to their medical cannabis vape pens, but it's not vitamin E acetate. It's legit vitamin E. But vitamin E acetate, which is just a slight chemical variation, uh, it's, it's it's a fattier version of vitamin E. When you add that to a vape pen, which is meant to be a topical, it's as Nurse Laura explained it. It's basically like smoking fat. So like you're literally like oh. putting fat around your fucking lungs. Oh mm. my gosh! So like once again, the, these these rig things where they're blowing out huge pieces of smoke. Like I can't, they can't be good. And the stuff that they're putting in there, it looks disgusting. And then if you are using a, even if you're using a GTI or a rhythm uh, rhythm pen, and it's top quality. If you're going through a half gram pen a day and you're just fucking hammering yeah. that thing <laughs> all day long, <laughs> there's
2: going to be irritation to your lungs, yeah, bro. Yeah, dude. They're not meant for that. Like, a yeah, vape yeah. pen cannot be your only means of medicating. It can't be. Yeah.
0: I would okay. say that like, you can see a universal trend in our dispensary that our employees don't use vape pens anywhere near the rate that they used to. Sure. Nope. I barely
2: ever see you use one. I don't even know if I've seen you use one recently. Like, yeah, it's not it's just not my thing, man. I've realized over my 2 years in this program that that's just not the way for me to medicate. you know? I I, use it's one, good for somebody, but not for I me. I use them
0: every day. Um, but typically like one or two times midday as pretty much like a breakthrough to get me through the evening time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning of the program, you know, I was using them throughout the day. I was substituting, like, medicating at my house with, like, using a vape pen. But I found that, like, it irritated my, and I've also, uh, so I never smoked cigarettes. So I don't, like, I have more a higher sensitivity to smoke. I can still blow clouds, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I have a higher sensitivity <laughs> sure. to smoke uh, than a lot of folks. And um, just the, the water filtration piece for me has always been huge. So, like, I've never, like, I've, I've always favored bongs and my rig is water filtered. Like everything's water filtered. And I notice a big difference when I use a flour in a bowl or vape pen versus mm-hmm. water filter for me, it's a different experience. Oh, 100%. And you got to realize
1: too, like, I mean, you guys are a little bit older than me, but it's like we all come from that generation where, like, we it's a ritual too. Like, you sit down, you break up some bud, you sit with your buddy or your girl, and you're just like sitting there having a good conversation. And then the conversation changes after the smoke. And mm-hmm. you know, like, that's something special. You know, like
0: a pen's great for on the road or at a show. I think you're talking something. to two guys that miss that, right? Yeah, like, for sure. I like, do. You get a little bit. You get a poker night here and there, mm-hmm. but um, like for me, I've re- like honestly, I'm so busy and with little girls and stuff. Like I've lost that that social connection to cannabis, which I mentioned earlier that I've gotten away from flower a little bit. I would argue that if I had that social connection, I would be way more inclined to probably be through that. Yeah. It's weird that cannabis to me has really just gotten about like. I'm so inundated with all this stuff that eventually it just becomes a medicine to me, right? Sure. And for me, it's just about how do I medicate the most effectively every day because I my body changes and like my days change. Like, I don't have a consistent job where I go to a nine to five office job. I could go in one day and four of my employees could be on the fritz. Next day, I could go in and it could just be like, I find myself like, just like what am I gonna do today? Staring, that? At, jars, staring right? at jars, right, yeah. So, <clears throat> being able to medicate based upon the fluctuation of my day is something that's super important to me.
1: And, and that's apparent too, it's like you are saying, it's like if you're a busy person, then the pen makes sense, you know, that's like the marketability behind it. It's and a lot of cold people. cold start rig.
0: like yeah. for me, like when I get home, it's like I get home, I check everything in, I have the wife watch the girls for a second, I run downstairs. It's like a minute and a half, right? Like I, I'm opening it's my jar, time, I pitch right? it to the side, carb cap, 13 second cold start. You're
2: exhaling up the stairs. I'm exhaling the yeah. word up the stairs. Yeah. Washing and your and hands I'm so no one smells it. You know? yeah, You're like, back shit. in the game,
0: <laughs> and that's another thing is the smell. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. I, it when I hit a dab like and I and I run back up the stairs like real quick, but I don't reek like like because I take big bong hits. When I smoke flour, it's like. Cheech in a freaking room. Everyone yeah. knows. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think yeah. that, too. Like, the loud know,
0: is loud. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and it's like we live in an area, too, where, like, it's becoming accepted because we have the medical program, but wait till it becomes, like, wreck. You know, when your neighbor down the street's got six plants in the front yard, <laughs>
0: you know, you won't be so out.
1: pressed for, like, smoking time. You'll be okay with taking your time at times, you know. I went out yeah. for the first time, like,
0: ever. Um, a couple weeks ago to go celebrate, uh, one of our partners got inducted to the Hall of Fame for SU lacrosse team. Oh, nice, man. And uh, that brought me out for, like, the first time av- in probably, like, I don't know, maybe three years. Hermit like, out. Like, out past, <laughs> like, 930 at night. And um, we walk out of Mojo. like, a local bar. And it was, like, so th- my first visionary is a police officer. And then my olfactory factory senses, I'm, like, Jesus, like, who is just, like, just burnt weed like um, oh gosh right there I mean just but nobody's phased is my point there's probably there's probably 10 people out front including a police officer and no one's like on the hunt to find out like where the smell is coming from (laughs) it's just like it's it's, to your point it's already more and more accepted than I would have imagined it to be and like like in Baltimore City and stuff like it's everywhere yep yep like you have a nose for it like you're not going anywhere without smelling like cannabis and like Part of me thinks that's great, part of me has concerns about the backlash in a small town like this. Like, I, I don't want to see it go too far. Or, too mainstream, right? Like, Yeah, or even just too aggressive with it. Like, sure. one of the things that I've always tried to, you know, I've always tried to just offer this to people, and not jam it down their throat. I don't want people just like openly sparking up on the streets, being like, sorry you don't like my lifestyle. Like, yeah. hotboxing yeah, <laughs> you know, right. the old <laughs> ladies and blowing your kids. Like. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. <laughs> blowing in car seats and stuff. Yeah. So like I think there's a level of responsibility, but um, full circle back in ADD mode, there's a there is a psychological thing to the process of smoking cannabis, and like that sitting down piece and breaking up the flower. Like I think one thing that I noticed is the bubbles, the sound of the bubbles. Like I feel like when I hear the sound, of the, it's like things are gonna be all
2: right. You got about thirty
0: seconds, takes you to a like minute good times, and, a half, right? and all of a
2: sudden, like you're gonna get a little feeling and. Mm-hmm. I took a tea break uh, a couple months ago, and first couple days were tough for me, not during the day, but at nighttime. I struggled with sleep issues. And, uh, Tolerance break. Yeah, uh, a tea break. tea break. Oh, yeah. break. break. So my first couple days, I found myself right before bed. I'd sit down at my dab rig. I would get a dab ready. You told me this. I would heat the banger up. I just wouldn't take the dab. I'd pull on it, and it just that feeling alone, I felt like gave me just a little confidence to... Be like, no, I'm I'm going to slide till tomorrow. And just just the, keep going and keep going. You know? The natural habit of That's it. That's You're like, all
1: right, cool. I did it anyway. It's, 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 you know it's the
2: person on a yeah. diet says,
0: hey, can I smell those french fries real quick? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I, just need to, I just need to smell it. I need yeah. to just get yeah. it in my system. I don't need to eat any. Yeah, just... man.
2: Uh, so I could definitely agree that it is 100% ritualistic. Yeah. For yeah.
0: sure. That's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the intolerance breaks are, are always important, too. The tea break, yeah. The like, tea break. We talk about that a lot. Just because, you know, simple... It's amazing how much you can reset your endocannabinoid system by taking a little break. It's something that I think is one of the most beneficial properties of cannabis, as opposed to some other medications. Is the fact that when you find yourself and that tolerance is going up and up, and you're unhappy with that, you can just simply cut down and like, I at the point now that I'm using fairly high levels of THC in a concentrated regimen. Even just moving down to flower or lower CBD or high CBD, lower THC strains, um, even without a complete abstinence break of THC, I can notice immediate differences. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think too, like if you're the guy that's like, man, like me, like I haven't taken a break in a while. So I I try to figure out like what's going to be the most effective way to smoke throughout the day. Like I try to go fruits or I try to go floral in the morning try to go, like, more fuel towards, like, the afternoon, and then I go straight earth, like, you know, kush to go to bed. And, you know, that's just because that's my regimen, and it helps me, like, not get stuck on smoking floral or something where you're like, oh, dude, I've, like, hit, like, four or five of these, and
2: it's like not doing the same thing it's like so you're constantly changing your red like constantly changing your strain during the day so you never get stuck on something i do try to keep
1: in the same like terpene realm like i do try to because i I break it down to like four terpenes i think kevin jodry he's one of the biggest consultants in the u.s he broke it down into four he's like you got fruit floral you got earth and you got fuel from there you can kind of mono break it down from there he's like if you start with fuel you're not going to have a good day, you know. You start with that fruit, you start with that more, like, you know, easygoing smoke, and then you get into, like, those florals, which can make you a little more, like, up and a little more, like, euphoric. You go from there until, like, your fuel would kind of changed the tone because fuel is, like, always going to hit you hard, you know. And then from at the end of the day, you're ready to go to bed, go right into your earth tone.
0: I um, I used to always be, like, well, oh, always. When the program first started, I actually got to know what I was using. I mentioned the Malawi's like I was really, really heavy on sativas, like first thing in the morning, because I don't want anything that's going to like ruin my energy or anything that's yep, going to yep. like compromise my clarity. What I found was is that a lot of times that was increasing my anxiety sure. and actually depreciating my energy levels and, and affecting my clarity. And that counterintuitively, going with a, a hybrid or seeking out some turf profiles, basically staying away from pining. Yeah. Right. And yep. maybe leaning more towards like a limonene um, and even like, uh, it doesn't even matter if might have some myrcene and some beta carolene in the morning. Uh, and a lot of it depends like my mindset, right? Like if sure. I'm feeling depressed or I'm like, super duper anxious, what I'm trying to explain is that sometimes counterintuitively I'll go with something that would, you would think would bring me down. But because it settles my mind. My energy levels spike because I'm sure. not like freaking, fran- you know, it's easy f- to get in your own head and to have your own head wear you out and stress you out. And one of the things that the cannabis can do if you use properly is can really mellow that out. So for me, it's been interesting the, to go towards a, a more uh, relaxing in the morning My energy level is high enough. I don't need that. I'm anxious, so I think I need that, right?
1: Well, it makes sense too because it looks like you're like me, like you drink coffee throughout the day, you know? So if you're drinking coffee and then you're going to hit a really serious sativa, like a Malawi, like that's definitely going to mess with you, you know? Like if I go over too much coffee already, I'm just jittery. If you put a sativa on top of that, I'm going to go hide under the bed, you know what
0: I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like come four o'clock, if I hit that super heavy sativa, or to your point, I hit something with a fuel in it, um, boom energy spike yep, yep. when I need it Yeah. Yep. and, uh, that's and that then in the evening change in turb, yeah. Yeah. and that's pretty much so that's kind of how I've been so like for the last couple of weeks um, I've had the same morning routine with Shark, Shock, Shatter every morning and then in that afternoon setting I've done everything from um, some of those Tangy Diamonds to some of the just different Sativa based or more uppity in that mid-afternoon time and then in the evening at like Nine o'clock after at least some of the kids are down, (laughs) to run downstairs and sneak and get that late evening where I'm just like, all right, now I can relax. Ready to go to bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all of us are kind of on this continuation. Like treating people with cannabis is is not easy. Oh, not at all. No. And like I have an entire dispensary at my arsenal, and I've been at this for two and a half years, and I'm still learning about myself. For sure. Yeah like
2: we'll continue on this path man yeah, yeah.
0: there's new products there's mm-hmm. new cannabinoids I can play with mm-hmm. you know CBN THC tincture awesome sure I, mean, I wasn't talking CBN two years ago yep
2: yep um I can remember back to like the first set of vape carts we got from Rhythm mm-hmm. with the terpene profile on the back and for a while everything was pretty much the same but now we're seeing terpenes that we've never heard of before showing up in testing and prominent stuff too you know it's pretty cool yeah,
0: yeah. um that's like my favorite. Is like, what what the hell terpene is that? Yeah, we're trying is to say it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But um,
1: but that's the fun part too. It's like, at what point are we gonna start making these mono terpenes and figuring out like, all right, well, what with this secondary terpene makes this? Like, you know, what what's fruit punch? You know what I mean? Like, what terpene are you like? Oh well, yeah, that tastes like Kool Aid. Like, you can't like wedding punch our wedding punch if you've tried it. Your mouth just stains with just like red Kool Aid. Like you, you mm-hmm. literally can't even taste anything else for like ten minutes. But yeah. it's like I can't tell you what terpene that one is. Like and it's, it's probably high. not one, right? Exactly. It's, gotta be a combination. it's probably like
0: it really yeah. is. And that's like that's what I get excited about. Like I picture like somewhere like wrecked future, where like you would have like almost like a. A set of concentrates and like you're building like you would like sushi or yeah. like you got a list. Gorgeous, like man. sit at the bar and you're like I'll have uh I'll have the you know the sunset sherbert beach yeah like, oh, just this, passing this. the this list that, that you marked yeah, off man. you know
1: I, I checked off ten of these
0: take <laughs> that in. can you get my name on the board <laughs> yeah like yep. Mackey's right like yep. the
2: uh with the Bob list hmm <sighs> okay, we got some people on there I wonder how long it'll take for us to see now I know we we've seen thci THCA isolate when are we going to see terpenes available like do you think we'll ever get to the program point in the program where we're seeing like a half gram of myrcene or like, I guess
1: I guess that's in a sense what we're kind of doing where we're like separating the terpenes and kind of put them like you still need something to kind of actually give you the effectiveness you know like the cannabinoid level because it's it's the terpenes just dry or actually more of like the direction of just what your cannabinoids are, you know? Like, yeah, within, they're like
2: modulators, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: so it's like I don't think there will ever be a time where we can just like smoke lavender and just be like, man, that's the same as weed, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, to no, my point, like, like, when are we gonna,
2: yeah, I know what Don is Do
0: you think there'll ever be a, so much abundance where they're actually able to separate the, ter- the terps and then put them in a separate product so to that add like to you're getting cannabis derived myrcene? So maybe I have. Let's picture, like, I have diamonds, sure. and I want to dip my diamonds in myrcene. Oh, like, okay. I get you. So that you're like getting an enhancer the term profile mm-hmm. sure. along with the TH. So, like, huh. I kind of look at almost food, like, sometimes, like, the, you know what they say, like, deconstructed like mm-hmm. whatever dinner. Sure, like that's sure. kind of how I think sometimes. Like what if we could deconstruct down so I could take a THCA diamond and then take beer oh, and take- And mm-hmm. mix and match and figure out what works best for you. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we, yeah, yeah. I've seen it advertised, people advertising that you can buy cannabis drive terpenes like mircine that it comes from the stems. Um, but I've, I'm skeptical of that yeah that, that'd I'm, be like scary it's and like the same thing It's like, do you trust the vape company
2: that you're getting it from because they said it was good on the plant you know i saw i saw the lab test of that product is it, if we're thinking of the same yeah. one it was like 89 percent myrcene or something crazy wow and the lab results didn't look superficial it, it, it did not look superficial. Yeah, there, it's it like handwritten not. on there <laughs> there wasn't I swear to on there was
0: a picture oh yeah. <laughs> And be the lab testing, we can get in, let's get into that for a second. So uh, lab testing now is, is a big deal, right? Yeah. And we're in the CBD space as well. So if, in my opinion, it's like, you know, Maryland's is so regulated and is so strong that like, there's no issues here in my, in my opinion with the labs, but like when I look at the CBD world and I see what people consider lab tested it's typically the same manufacturer of that product so sure. it's not even like a third party or yeah, anyone right. that would have any S- objections yeah, any reason to say that it's not what it's not sure. and then even like for us when we went to go we, we it's it's tough it's tough to bring really high quality products to market a lot tougher than people I think give credit to and we, we've been struggling to try to find um, a really solid vegan CBD gummy that we wanted to bring to the market Sure, as, as in our position and uh, so we go to this company and everything's lab tested and it's supposed to be great and he sent us a freaking lab results and it's just cannabinoid content that's it Mm-hmm. Nothing else. No turf profile. No, microbiolo- mi- no microbiological testing. No pesticides.
2: No...
1: Look mm. how strong this stuff is, guys. Mm-hmm. It's great. No,
0: no. <laughs> Just do it.
1: We didn't even try
0: the sample. Yeah. I threw it away. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is not lab that,
2: tested. That being said, consumers watch what CBD you're buying on a, from oh. a shelf And, shop. and, 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 man,
0: don't, and man. everyone's going to say it's lab tested now. Like, that's, that's like... You know, par for the course. Yeah. Ask to see the lab results. Yeah. Yeah. Can you understand them? Can you read them? Like for us, we use Atlantic Testing Labs for our CBD. Yep. I wanted to use a, I wanted to use an MMCC approved pro, uh, lab company so that I could show the exact same lab results that any of the MMCC providers can show. So we use Atlantic Testing Labs. We get a full panel back. They check everything. The results are easy to read. We post them on our website, so you can tie your bottle back to that test result and have confidence that it's what it is. But most companies aren't doing that, man. It's crazy too, because a lot of these labs are just making it so much easier for
1: you, you know what I mean? Like there's a couple of labs that have hit us up that are doing like apps now, where it's like, you, you can just like, as a consumer or a patient, be like, okay, you know, I just bought the Goji Viper from Shore Natural, and you can look up the exact batch and see the exact test results. All the way down to, you know, whatever terpene that you just don't ever see on the COA. You know what I mean? Like, the labs are making it easier than ever. QR codes and all
0: that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. so it's like
1: for people to not have things
0: tested or tested properly, it just doesn't even make sense, you know? So I feel... I feel really confident in the Maryland labs, and I know that there was a learning curve, um, especially in terms of variances. So at the very beginning, you guys could send the same flower to two of the approved labs, and you guys were getting fairly decent- Way different stuff. Different different results. I feel now that they've calibrated kind of in tune with each other, are you seeing that as well?
1: Absolutely, yeah, because we do like to get stuff tested twice. Last time I was talking to you guys, we had gotten like a 35% hollyweed back, We're like. That doesn't sound realistic, guys. Like, let's send it to a different lab. So it's like, and these guys sent us the same exact results. And the terps were a little off, but that's because it had sat a little longer. And so it's, like, made sense. We are like, this, you know. That's awesome.
0: I think, um, yeah, I think Maryland patients should be really confident in terms of the fact that the labs are doing a really phenomenal job and that Maryland has some of the strictest requirements. I mean, we can't probably get into too many details, but I know that you guys lost an early batch to something that was – so minute, and that, and and almost every other state wasn't even a qualified. Oh yeah, like the chromium thing or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: the crazy thing about that is California went through the same loop, and New York went through it at uh we went through it about 10 times the rate that new york went through like the testing parameters
0: 10 times it was 10 times higher than the next equivalent state testing so if
1: you actually go to the <laughs> store and you pick up a strawberry on the shelf and you measure anything on of that like and got a coa that would not pass maryland testing it, like you couldn't take that strawberry home and and you know what i mean like that's how strict our testing is
0: Wow, i wish people were sh- as thought provoking and the requirements for their food as they were for their cannabis. Yeah, and yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm glad that, that we're in a highly regulated environment, but some of the things that people kind of complain about or, or have red flags drawn, I wanna be like, you should check your food. Yeah. Because, because they you know what your diet. That's like, what these standards are from, yeah. right? Like what chemicals are in there, what preservatives, what pesticides were being used on your green beans that were grown, like you yeah. think Think they're using bugs to eat good bugs when they're trying to grow thousands of acres of soy? No, like. yep, yeah, and it's what we were talking about
1: earlier, you know, like all these plants are getting genetically modified now that you're like, they're spraying whatever, you know, God knows what on it. It's like, we don't know what that is and we could be the test dummies, you know? Yeah,
0: and like what you see with regulation is that there's like a, a curve. So like oftentimes you see innovation out of industry, good or bad, and then a negative effect and then and regulation then change, comes right? after people yep. have already hurt, like yep. after the damage has already been done. It's like the seatbelt thing, right? You yeah, know yeah it's I mean? not. Yeah. It's not very often that regulators are so proactive that they're ahead of industry because industry's constantly innovating and, and trying to get ahead of and solving market needs. This is business talk, for in case anybody's critiquing my business talk. I but um, it, it's it's Betty's Eddie's, right? Maryland says no edibles. The market wants edibles processors come out with soft lozenges that yeah. aren't edibles but they found a just way. like edibles or elixirs right? or like elixirs we get a, yeah. Or, yeah I mean even the tablets right like mm-hmm. I was super surprised in the very beginning when Kiryu dropped off awakening tabs and I was like holy shit like, like we're this getting, isn't an edible Tablets we tablets but I ate it I'm not sure you're gonna make the cut next
2: time Donnie <laughs> <laughs> please <laughs>
0: don't back. Oh my God. Please,
2: please don't judge me <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's used to taking dabs he's taking mics <laughs> up yeah.
2: it was the arm Don't worry. it was at least it wasn't the donnie that's that's fine, fine.
0: <laughs> that's oh you can leave it in it's all part of the behind yeah, the man. Scenes. we're real
1: here so well <laughs> yeah man that's the funny part it's like because we always are looking at the the things like coa is like what's important for cannabinoids and terpenes but it's like this is like some people's livelihoods of some of these hemp farms you know like that that farm out in kentucky like they tested a little hot on their entire crop and like, that's their livelihood right down the toilet just because of a COA that, that it wasn't their fault. You know what I mean? They just bought bad genetics and they fell under this parameter that we testing-wise kind of screwed them, you know, like that 0.3%.
0: What do you think about, do um, you want to talk him for a second? Sure, sure, yeah. What do you think about, have you scrolled through any of the new regs?
1: Um, I guess the new stuff with more like the testing, like cannabinoids and things, like.
0: THC plus THCA, like under yeah. 0.3%. Like, from what I'm being, and, so what I'm being told is this is a starting point that we go to add comments and get the change in regulation to better reflect what the industry standards are. But at that rate, like 80% of what you see on the market is make it. gone. And it's what we were just talking about. It's
1: like there's going to be this whole like try to change it and get regulations right. We're going to screw the pooch and then they're going to have to make change because it's just not going to work for the market. And then we'll see change in probably like two or three years again. You know.
0: So you've um, you worked with some and hemp farmers, right? Yep, yep. Just what or...? Uh, three, actually. Yep, Oh, yep. uh, what do you see out of those guys? Um,
1: so, it, they're, you know, all, one of those guys tested, like, great test results, actually. Like, he's doing uh, craft smokable flower that's over at Woodland Farms. and dude insane flower like truthfully i couldn't i could pull up one of my hollyweed buds and look at it and be like, mm, man like <laughs> but then you got yeah i got some another guy who's just growing indoor stuff and like it's you know you got to realize that the, the market's not going to be set up for things like that you know like the i think indoor you'd have to sell clones and things like that but again like you're gonna have to figure out is maryland are gonna allow something like that because with with the cannabis thing so like we got our license, over it, Sure, but like we have to produce product because if we didn't, we'd have to forfeit that license. So where does that hemp line draw? Where they're going to have to put out, you know, flour if they have these permits. Meanwhile, because some of these guys are going to play it safe, they're like, "All right, well, we're going to get into like the clone nursery game or something," and so that we don't have to test hot or whatever. A lot of these people are going to find issues with that next year. You know, like a lot of people are testing hot, and so yeah, like two of these farms, they did fine, but the, I think like I went to um fractal
0: farm uh, Bob Davis's okay yeah, and yeah. Uh, he is the largest farm in Maryland to my knowledge he's almost 30 acres yeah yeah and honestly like I was amazed like I truthfully was um, it seems like it seems like it was the perfect storm of good things for the farmers this year the weather was really good yeah. they didn't have a lot of uh, outside issues Um, but I'm, I mean some of the buds I mean they're they're beautiful gorgeous like they're, I mean, they're literally gorgeous buds and um you know the hallways has some stuff that tested up to 13 percent CBD. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting to see the stuff coming to the marketplace. It's just inter- also interesting to see it. most of them Don't know where it's going to go. No, not at all. You know, nobody was set up for like drying and harvesting or anything like
1: that. We had people calling me like, "Dude, w- what do I do?" I'm like, yeah. Get a cubes to go, man. I don't know what to tell you. You know, like <laughs> yeah, we
0: and like, but that's the other thing, right? So like, without calling these guys out, like some of the drying and curing practices and procedures it's that i'm insane, seeing dude. is is gross <laughs> yeah it's insane it's it's not medical quality not it's, it's not something that i would feel comfortable in smoking that flower yeah. and that was like you know no one's got gloves on in any pictures like no one's handling like, someone who knows how medicine should be handled it's not being done like that and i have a lot of reservations around the smokeable flower piece especially with the lab tests that they're they're going under. Yeah, like you have a cannabinoid profile, but like, you're not showing me anything else that we're checking for for our flower exactly. If you're going to inhale something, yep. especially an industrial crop that's been grown outside, like, I just have a lot of concerns. And I think it'll be interesting to see what I what I'm seeing in the market is that a lot of the folks that were scaling to be large processors of the hemp, it's such a, an abundant of build out, they're all behind. Sure. So yep. like, there's a I know there's a gentleman in Delaware who is supposed to have the two largest extractors in the Del Delmarva region, but as soon as he went from one to two in his big plan of all that, there's all this demand out there, so I'm gonna go throw two in there. Fire Marshal goes, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, like, you can't do this, man. That's how it works. We're not set up for so
0: this. So now he's, like, yeah. you know, the, the anecdotal story that I heard is that that person is now six months behind. God. These farmers don't have six months, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, we know that, that they're starting to get desperate and that a lot of these, these folks, um, They kind of thought that, you know, they were just going to plant it and then it was all going to be sold. And they're they're kind of looking around going, what to do with it? Sounded easy. Yeah, (laughs) right. So, you know, all the concentrated products, and got all that. So when I was, and I also like this deconstruction idea. So one of the things I was talking to Donnie about was with all this flour out there, like, I wonder if you could get like some fresh frozen, like CBD, like high CBD flour and be able to make some of the concentrated products that we use and almost use it as an additive. So, you know, I, I have this awesome whatever THC product that's 80% THC, but I want to cut it with some CBD. Sure. I could have some CBD shatter or something like that. that. I think that definitely makes sense. The only thing you'd run into maybe would be like
1: profitability on that end, because you know, CBD fetches <laughs> like, way different I was margin. talking
0: to Diane like, can we buy
1: a pound or <laughs> Yeah, we had to no cut out, buy <laughs> <Yeah. five>, four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. gonna work. Divide by four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's just funny how quick that, that margin dwindles down as soon as somebody else touches, and especially something like hemp where it's just not not nearly as much, you know.
0: Um, so let's wrap this up a little bit. Um, so, do you want to you want to give any info about Shore naturals or anything that you want to?
1: Pretty much just cranking on, man. Like I was saying last time, we just finished all those big build outs, so we definitely got a lot more product. What's your lag time,
0: do you think, before the outdoor stuff hits the market? So, you cut it down, there's still a drying and curing process, right?
1: Yeah, so we had actually, a lot of it was actually early crop this year. I had done like a lot of seven and eight week crops just to beat the weather. So, we actually had harvested a few weeks ago. So, I'm waiting on COAs like right now. So, if not, we've already kind of gotten some
0: back. So, from there they So, just, soon people yeah, in Maryland will start seeing it. Yep. Um, Besides us, what are some of the other dispensaries that you got? Do you, do you even know that information? Or? Uh, not a
1: whole lot. I know, I know Charm know. City
0: Medica seems to get get a decent amount of your stuff, it, right?
1: Yeah, Charm City, I think Rise gets some stuff from us. Uh, positive Energy. Um, Who's that? Uh, over in West Asian City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 Never I, heard I, of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that it, that's, like, I don't really know everybody that gets our stuff. I don't think we've made it all the way to, like, Garrett County or anything yet, just because, like, we try to feed you guys, like, everything
0: first locally. Hey, and first We're, uh, we're constantly out. hammering you guys, and, like, I appreciate it. I mean, you've been trying to work out some kind of yearly agreement. We can get some kind of guaranteed amount in our, our facility. I mean, our our patients are eating it up as fast as we can put it in there. So, you guys, please continue to keep on with your, your quality and – Um, I hope to have you here in another nine months 12 months and sit down and talk with us again it's always a pleasure man thank you so much for coming down awesome man dude a couple quick plugs for us real quick Um, if you thought this conversation was awesome you get a chance to meet Cam on December 18th Um, for those patients that are new to PEH for the last couple years we've done a 12 uh, vendors of Christmas so from December 5th to the 20th yeah Um, we will have basically every day, um that we're open through that, we will have vendors, um, different vendors coming in for meet and greets and product specials and it's um it's always really neat and a great opportunity for our patients. Like one of the amazing things about the cannabis industry is the fact that you get to meet the people that make your medicine. Mm-hmm. It's so unique. It's so different. Like you never go to like
2: Tylenol and like meet the dude yeah. like <laughs> Tylenol or like Thanks for
1: brewing yeah. up the syrup. Yeah. <laughs> that that, no,
2: that scissor <laughs> that that personal touch matters so much to the patients. I see it every day. When there, when we have a pop up in house our patients faces light up when they see you guys man so it's really cool and, that, and that's super important. Like, I really do appreciate you guys doing things like that.
1: You know, like, that's the benefit of being a small company like we do right now. I'm dropping shirts off after this to some of our guys that are just reaching out. So it's, like, super important to hear that kind of stuff. And we really do appreciate you guys, including us in all this kind of stuff, especially me personally. I really do appreciate that.
0: I'm so proud. Like, there's a lot of similarities in our DNA, like, how we got started, like, little engines that could here on the eastern shore. And yeah. um, I'm so proud proud that like what we do here on the shore I mean all of us like I mean, we really are rocking right now with Calta uh, and various now got flour for the first time and it's looking decent and they have some really cool medical products
2: with a medical focus um Grow West. I don't know if you guys have tried that TK, that triangle cush they put out. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we've had we've had them a couple times, man. Yeah. Those guys do a great job. They talk do. about great terpene profiles they do. too. Good. Talk goodness. about
0: loading up, bro. They will take six dudes, throw them in a van, and drive from uh from way, 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 way far away and come out, and they hang out.
2: Um uh, they had cool t shirts, they got cool lo- I like their logo. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, bear yeah, thing. the bear yeah. On it. dude. They're it, super cool, man. Grow west is all the way to the other side of the state, isn't it? They yeah, are, yeah. dude. They're super far. It's
0: like three, four hours away. It was yeah. four hours away Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. um cause I remember driving to Deep Creek one time from Salisbury it's fucking hike <laughs> <laughs> it's like you get to Frederick and you're like oh now we get to drive to Deep Creek like <laughs> I'm stopping for a beer this is <laughs> a hike <laughs> yeah um Awesome! Uh, thank you so much, Cam. I really appreciate it. Uh, how do people find you if they want to reach out, and follow you on Insta?
1: Yeah, you can find me at uh, Cabron the Cam on Instagram, or you can follow us at Shore Natural RX, um, to always see what we're kind of putting out and what we're you know dealing down. And again, I thank you guys so much for the support, man. It's very important to have the Eastern Shore. Let me know that you know I'm on their back. So yeah, man. It's thank community. You guys. It
0: takes the community. Donnie Jackson, thank you for filling in, brother. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Sorry about the microphone. <laughs> it's happened. Uh, and for those guys, you won't see Donnie back next time. Uh. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> Anthony Doherty
2: signing out.